Testing, testing. Yeah, I think we're good. Hello, everyone, and uh, apologies for the. Actually, no, I'm not sorry about it. It was a very fun episode for me uh, with Martin Darcy as our last episode. It was just got really, really strange and autistic. But that's Martin Darcy. Um, and today I'm joined by the lovely they. Hello. Mm. And uh, we won't say your real name on on the thing. And uh, But uh, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you. For starters, uh, I saw a number of yours last night yep. uh, on someone's story, uh, namely our friend Lilith's. And uh, so, run us through that outfit you wore last night. The black one. The oh, black one. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, it's just quite a nice black gown. I just wanted it to be quite elegant. It was a it was a lovely Celine number. Mm-hmm. And I love Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she holds herself with such grace. So mm. I wanted to be put together mm. and look quite graceful. Look quite graceful. Look quite graceful. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I look quite nice. You know, I have to say, the way you talk is reminiscent of someone. Sassy Cassie. Sassy like, Cassie. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and Sassy Cassie feel like you could be brothers or sisters almost rather. I do game. love Sassy Cassie. C- Everyone Sassy loves Sassy Cassie. Cassie. Yeah. Sassy's yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Timeless. Timeless drag queen. Yeah. Now, uh, I want to go into a few other things. So, like, you're, as far as I'm aware, in terms of the local Perth drag scene, I don't know too many other, like, uh, indigenous uh, um, there, drag performance. There's quite a f- um, there's, few. There's uh, there's Bushrat. Yep, that's what I, that's as far as my knowledge goes, and that's a drag king, Bushrat. And uh, who, who, is there anyone else I'm missing? Um, well, there is the fabulous Miss Foria, oh, who right. is okay. a um, fabulous drag artist who is a complete activist for the indigenous community and uses their drag platform just to uplift and educate people. Mm. And I think that it's just such an inspiration. I think they're just so amazing. Mm, good on. So... Um, Let's go into behind the name, but like, well, before, before we go into that next question, I'm very curious as to know where it's like, what's it, it is, do you think it's any different being a indigenous drag performer? Like, it, it, it does it come with any other caveats or any other, uh, any other things to deal with or are there perks to it? Like, what, what do you think? There well, personally, a perk for me is, you know, I take absolutely, absolute pride in my um, ancestry mm-hmm. and I find that um, it's a very, for now, now it's a very important part of uh, who I am. Mm-hmm. I used to be very ashamed because, mm-hmm. you know, I was white in high school and I was never um, put, I never belonged to anyone either. I was I was Aboriginal and I didn't fit in with the white people and I was white so I didn't fit in with the Aboriginal kids either. And also I'm not from WA so I'm Wiradjuri mm. and so I didn't um, really fit in with the Noongar um, mm. community here um, only because, of course, you know, they all have their families and they all know each other and they're all intertwined and stuff like that. So I felt a little bit like an outcast. So I'm more focused on um, other aspects of who I was, um, for example, like my sexuality and my gender. And it's only just through, you know, learning how to accept myself that I've come to be like, 
well, there's other parts of me mm. and I think that my ancestry is very important mm. and I like to use and educate myself on my ancestry. Mm. So, you know, I'm trying to learn more about my background and who my family was and what happened throughout the stolen generation and everything like that. So... W, so you're not from originally WA, where'd you say you're from originally? No, I'm originally from Dubbo, New South Wales. Dubbo, New and South Wales. And so um, I'm from the um, Wiradjuri mm. um, people. Mm. And so we are uh, located in central New South Wales. Mm. So um, that can span from Dubbo to Orange and all, all over the um, central New South Wales. Right. So do you think it's been like a real perk for you because it's like i find speaking as an outsider and as a layman like do you think there's uh, a it, it's almost like a certain pride in ethnicity will come out because you know drag is it's like it's uh i, I think it's a uh, very much an adult thing but it's obviously something that like involves a lot of charisma and a lot of work. And like when you're combining charisma and hard work, it's natural that you want to take pride in it. So when you're taking pride in one thing, do you think it like allows you to just take pride in other areas of your life that maybe traditionally you wouldn't or hadn't in the past? So do you think like drag has kind of unlocked that a little bit for you? I think definitely learning the fact that um, I can educate people and, you know, I take pride in my ancestry. So I know what pride feels like. Mm. And, you know, the fact that not only am I standing on stage as an Indigenous person, that's a statement in itself. Mm. Because, as you said, there's not many of us, mm. but there's so many emerging. And I feel as an Indigenous person, when I'm standing on stage, it's a statement. Mm. Because it's, you know, I'm showcasing Indigenous talent. I'm showcasing what we can do, and I'm um, representing my community. I feel like I'm representing my community, mm. and that makes me quite proud. Mm. Do you think uh, being a performer, it comes with, um, in, in my mind, and I'm very curious to know what uh, other performing artists' views are on this, um, I'm very curious to know, like, what responsibilities and what principles you have and ethics you have around performing. So, for me, especially being a comedian, and I've spoken about this a couple of times, but I'm always interested to know other people, other performers' perspectives, and that is, is do you feel... Uh, let me explain it for myself first. So, it's like one ethic I have is it's like, well, being a comedian, I've kind of lost the right to be publicly offended. Not necessarily the right to be offended, but like, and you know, it's, it's like, you can't decide, like, like offense is a little bit like uh, um, laughter in terms of that it's, it's, some, it's to some extent an involuntary reaction. It's like, you're not going to decide what you're offended by. You can decide how you react to it though. And being a comedian, it kind of goes like, well, I, I say outrageous shit all the time. Like I'm not allowed to be publicly offended because it would be incredibly hypocritical of me. Yeah. Now, in terms of drag, do you think like a certain grain of salt has to come in with all like 
performing and things like that because obviously you don't want to be overly sexualized you don't want to be like uh you don't necessarily want to you you want to be viewed as an art form and i think by and large people who know the drag scene do but like to any layman or outsider i think they view it as this very sexualized thing now obviously that's like not just what it represents, but do you think that it's like, well, no, this is the performing I have like taken part in. Uh, I have to have some patience for these people too. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, like I don't really, like, I, obviously I have patience with those um, individuals who don't understand the art form, but then I, you know, as someone who's brand new mm. goes and watches not shows like drag race mm. but you know educate myself on the older scenes mm. the, the club kids and everything like that and i try and take what i know and i try and educate that it is an art form and it's not to be sexualized mm-hmm. because when you sexualize it that's how you perceive it mm. and i don't want to like sound rude but it's incorrect right. because it's it's fe- it's it can be female impersonation. Mm. Drag queens are female impersonators mm. who exude feminine femini- <laughs> female energy mm-hmm. and um you know use that through the power of performance. And mm. then there's people like me um who are drag artists who use drag as for me drag is my canvas. Mm. So my body is my art. Mm. So I'll show off um, how I, like, I'll show off the emotion mm. of a number through my body. Mm. So it's very much like interpretive dance, but it's an interpretive art form. Mm. So it's not just female impersonation. Mm. It's not sexualized. It is through and through an art form that we get to express ourselves and our feminine energy. Well, it, it's. I certainly agree with you that it's an art form. It's hundred percent an art form. Like uh, no amount of effort put into dancing, choreography, makeup, and uh, outfits, and like clothing. Like it, it's hundred percent an art form. I do think though that like at times, and this isn't like uh, this isn't all the time, but like at times, it's one hundred percent like a a sexual, uh, well, an, an art form that touches on sexual natures and sexual energy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And it's like, and it's not always like that, uh, certainly. But uh, do you think like when that, when that happens, it's like some like uh, uh, ownership has to be taken of the scenario where it's like, this is what I've chosen to put on for it. Um, and you could do the, you could say the same when like you get more comedic like drag queens, like shout out skyscraper, like you get more like they exude a more like fun, like silly nature for it. And then like other people might want to come up and be fun and silly with them at all times. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think what I'm trying to point out is it's like no matter what you choose to perform on stage and it might be a more theatrical and or cinematic or silly like uh, performance number as drag or it might be a more sexual and a more teased based number 
And it's like, no matter what you do for it though, it's like, obviously it remains an art form as far as I can see, but it's some ownership has to be taken for like what the audience perceives as well. Do you know what I mean? Well, there's definitely some people who um, do do um, sexual numbers and, you know, I think for them, maybe perhaps doing drag is showing off a feminine sexual energy or mm. sexuality or embodying that, you know, sexuality can be perceived and performed on stage. I don't think that it's necessarily um, a bad thing. I don't really think that ownership needs to be taken because, you know, just because you may find something sexual doesn't mean that the artist intended for it to be a come across sexual or anything. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you need to take any responsibility because you're just doing what you choreographed in that number. At the end of the day, it's, it, it may be a sexual move, but it's still choreography. Of course it is. Of course it is. It remains an art form. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you can, Again, it, it's performing and all performing is interpretive, you know? So it's like, it's, it doesn't matter how you choose to like perform, whether it be, you know, uh, like a singing number or a dancing number. It's like, it, at the end of the day, it is 100% a performance. Um, and I would agree with you to an extent, like, I mean, I, I know from my scenario, like, and not to go into like heaps of detail, but I find I have to take a little bit of responsibility as a like performer because it's like audience members come up to you and like they want to talk to you after the show and it's like, okay, well, the show continues on after the show. Um, but to another extent, I agree with you because it's like, I do agree with you in so far as is that the way you said, well, not too much responsibility can be taken or like not too much ownership of it because at the end of the day, we're choosing, we're the ones who are choosing to get up on stage. Um, and obviously we are there to perform to an audience. Um, but we really can't, I don't think, pay too much attention to what the audience thinks in regard, like we, we kind of have to be true to our performing to an extent, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Well, if you're drag persona focuses on female sexuality and and um the the female um whatever you call it um you know i think that i think it's the responsibility of catering the numbers to the audience age group mm -hmm. so for example for an all ages age group you wouldn't do something that might have sexual innuendos, mm -hmm. but you would maybe at an 18 and over, mm. you know, but, and that it's all about that balance. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I think with that comes responsibility, but I don't think that, um, just because, you know, audience members may perceive something as sexual. I don't think that you should take responsibility if you didn't intend mm. for it to be. No, no. Well, like it's when I say take responsibility, I don't think you should like 
change yourself or like be ashamed of no. what you do on stage. Um, but I do think we like, and all, but, but the other thing too is it's like, because all performing and all entertainment is interpretive, you know, it's like, it's in the eye of the beholder, so to speak. Um, I, I, I kind of feel as though, um, if we do something on stage and an audience member interprets a way, di- interprets it a way differently from how we meant, like we just kind of have to go as performers. Okay. Then like, yeah, it, it, it's like, obviously it's like, it's not, it's not our fucking job to sit that uh, audience member down and guide them through like yeah. what we meant in that performance. But like, we just have to go. It's like, okay, then uh, you you didn't quite get the memo, but like, that's okay. So long as you had a good time, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to move on to the next thing in terms of also, I forgot. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to get an intro for you. Yeah. I'm getting, I want to get a custom uh, keyboard sound made up and I want to get uh, BB Babau's laugh on record for it. That kind of distinctive, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a great laugh. Yeah, it is that's so distinctive every single time. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's so it, impulse control has the same laugh. It's an echo chamber when they're around each other. I don't think I've ever heard impulse laugh. Mm. She laughs. They laugh. They, they laugh. laugh. Yeah, they they laugh. Um, they uh, well, everyone laughs. Well. That's not entirely true. Um, come to a comedy show. Not everyone laughs all the time, you know. But uh, another thing, interesting thing I've noticed about drag queens, I feel like a study should be done on them because I feel like it doesn't never starts this way, but it 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 has to do with the con- it must be to do with the constant lip sync practicing. Yeah, I feel like drag queens develop bigger mouths over time. I I. I like, this could be such a fucking, like, throw in the dark, but I feel like every drag queen I know has a massive mouth and it's because they literally exercise it all the time with lip syncing. Yeah, I think, well, I, I I think that the reason why, you know, even out of drag that we, you know, drag artists and drag queens have bigger mouths is from learning how to enunciate our words mm. um, through lip syncing. So I think... Even, especially for me, when I'm out of drag, I'm constantly thinking, you know, enunciate the words, right. say every single word, don't mumble, don't mm. talk too fast, mm. you know, don't, don't be out of time. Yeah. So, I, I, for me, that's, you know, that's why my mouth is always so big. Mm. <laughs> so, I'm always enunciating my words yeah, or trying yeah. to enunciate my words and trying to think all the time. So, I heard recently that you did a barbecue's uh, workshop recently. Yeah, I yeah, did a barbecue yeah. boot camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. How did that go? Um, well, I'm still recovering. <laughs> I, I'm in lots of pain, but it was such an amazing experience yeah. to be able to sit down or, well, not really sit down, but um, learn some of the ways that the big professionals in our field, in our local scene, how their mind works. Mm. I loved sitting down and seeing Barbie come up with the, you know, how can I make this move work? And 
it, I, I took it into my performances last night and I was thinking like, well, you know, what, what would Barbie do or mm. what can I take from the boot camp and put it into this number? And, you know, even just the fact that, you know, not only did we go through the numbers, but we also did a whole bunch of amazing stretches that I think I'll probably do before I go on stage mm. every single time now. Um, but like, it was just so amazing to see someone who cares so much, mm. not only about the community, but also educating people on not only how to dance or how to um, do choreo, but also how to look after their bodies while doing it. Mm. And I think that's so important because I think there's so many people sometimes, you know, you see all those videos of the drag queens in America falling off the bar stools or, mm. you know, hurting their legs. And, you know, you even see it on Drag Race where people hurt their knees and stuff like that. And I think it's just so amazing that someone cares so much to put it out there like this is how to look after your body before you go out on your on stage mm. and this is how you stretch and this is what you can do to help prepare your body mm. for what you're about to do because it's a brutal art form of course it's brutal you know you're wearing six pairs of stockings well, this this is why I really Heels. want to interview the, you guys because so much effort is put into it. It's so, like it's just like there's so much you know stuff that you can get hurt by. Yeah, if you don't know what you're doing properly, and I think that just knowing how to stretch now because originally I didn't know how to stretch, but now I know how to stretch. No, I still don't. So it's like um just an extra level of knowledge that has been passed down on how to look after my body and mm. I think, you know, not only have I got how to um knowledge of how to act in a professional setting when learning how to do choreo and how, when putting together a show, but also just looking after my joints, my knees and, you know, like where to put all the pressure on that won't push your body to mm. an extent where it's beyond recovery. I mean, I believe you also got to, you know, obviously learning from Barbie and Barbie can be like quite an intimidating figure to meet uh, upon uh, like first meeting. Well, I'm very yeah. short, so she's very tall to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm always like, oh, hello. No, but just personality wise, like, you know, uh, Barbie is like a very domineering figure, you know, like in just in terms of personality. But like I find... I mean, at least that was the way I thought when I first met Barbie. But, like, I got to know Barbie and Barbie became, like, so nice to me. And, yeah. like, yeah, that's the thing. I think, you know, Barbie wants to spread the, like, best energy amongst drag queens and people who are outside of the drag scene to, yeah. like, invite them in. And it's like, hey, come enjoy this performing, Yeah, you know, uh, which I find quite admirable for them because it doesn't really happen. That's not really how comedy works. We're kind of like irony poisoned all the time. So yeah. it's like it's, we have to do what we think is funny. So it's like if someone came up and said to us or it's like, oh, you should go and like, you know, mingle with the crowd and like, you know, go and talk to the audience. It's like if someone told us to do that, yeah, we wouldn't go do it. No. You know, it's we're just irony poisoned misfits who like just just have to be a nuisance to people around us. You know, I go and route and mingle with the crowd all the time. But yeah. if someone told me to go do it, I'd be like, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm leaving. The I'm, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be stubborn. Yeah. Um, 
So the next question I want to know is, it's like, obviously you're a part of like the younger generation of drags. Yes. Yes. So how long have you been doing it for? Um, I've been doing it for a year and a bit. I've been performing for a year and a bit. I used to be a bedroom queen. Um, but you know, that to me, that doesn't really, it, it does count, but you know, it's more like experimenting. You're not fully embracing or, um, fully putting yourself into the art form that is drag. It's very, it's very more, much more than how you look and how, yeah, how your body looks and Mm. stuff like that. It's, it's very much about how you perform. So when I was a bedroom queen, I tried to do, um, a performance to a Miley Cyrus song and I uploaded it, um, on the internet as you do. And, you know, it just, it just showed me more than, you know, drag is more than how you look. Mm. Drag is more than drag race and, how much money you have on costumes. It's about how you exude. Trying to think of the words. How you, um, ultimately how you perform and when you have a piece that's put together. Mm. That, That I feel like that's the most important thing with drag. It's, it's certainly seems to be to me that drag like any other performing art except really except really maybe acting traditional actors i kind of feel like they're at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to performers because let's face it at the end of the day they read from a set script they have usually have people to help them get into their costumes and do their makeup. And they also have direction, you know. So, they got the four things covered that they don't have to worry about. They just kind of have to act. Yeah. But in terms of all other performing arts, it feels like you have to put yourself out there and make mistakes to learn to become a better performer. Yeah. It's like, it's almost, it's like, oh, you know, how much do you love doing this? Do you want, do you love this uh, enough to succeed? Uh, okay. It's like, well, do you love this enough to fail? Because it's like, that's kind of yeah. essential to getting better as well. Yeah. You know? And do you think like in the year that you've gone, you've like, you've, you've had events where it's like, hmm, I'm glad I made this fuck up because it's like, it's going to be a real learning curve for me. Yeah. I know that's certainly been the case for me in comedy where it's like, I go up on stage and it's like, oh, uh, I could have delivered this joke better or I could have warmed the crowd up more with some lighter hearted material before getting into the serious stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's like, do you find you have gone through some of those processes? Yeah, I, I've definitely had my fair shares of, you know, um, performances that haven't gone how I wanted or, hmm. um, you know, my lace has come undone in a performance and or I've forgotten the choreo. I've never forgotten the words. Never forgotten the words, thank God. Um, but now I put it out there, I probably, probably will. Because of karma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I, but yeah, I think, you know, in my past year, I've definitely had some amazing learning curves. You know, I've 
didn't know what spirit gum was in the beginning and I was using eyelash glue on my lap. Hey, on get, my some lace. B- get some spirit gum to BB Babau. That's- <laughs> BB Babau uses hairspray, got to be, and it is, it is amazing hairspray. It doesn't work on me, but that wig never comes off. That's a lie because I have seen a performance where it has come off their oh. head. Um, it doesn't happen. It it, it, it it has never happened before, but it was very funny. And in fairness to BB about BB like totally handled it perfectly. Like she just kind of straightened up her wig, kept on yep. going with the performance. It fell off again and then she just ignored it and just carried on with the performance and it was still a great number. Just like the yep. ownership of it. It was like, oh, fuck yeah. And, and in fairness, it was only Drag Factory too. Yeah. Like, you know, Drag Factory is your number. It's your night. All your fuck ups are on your own. Yeah. Um, I feel like if, if that had happened in any group performance, it would probably be deemed like super unprofessional but like in your own performance drag factory it's like what's the big M- deal mistakes definitely happen of course they do um and you know as i said my wig's fallen off i think almost everyone's wig has fallen off mm. but i think it's definitely you know as you say you get back up and you you just keep going with it mm. um but yeah bb babau is one of the most like i when i'm backstage with them they mm. are an amazing energy and then when I'm back, like backstage watching them perform on the stage at Drag Factory, mm. it, I'm just in complete awe. Mm. They, they're just so amazing, and it's just they're just such a superstar. Amazing dancer, yeah, amazing yeah. dancer. I mm. wish I had a little bit more rhythm, <laughs> like they do. You get it, maybe with a few more Barbie boot camps. Yes, exactly, exactly. But you were training with a lot of other legends there too. Like uh, I believe Faye Rocious was there. No, no, Faye Rocious wasn't there, but um, Ruby Jules was. Jules. Um, an absolute just icon that's been in the scene that i've just looked up to for so many years um there's a there was brenda wee mm-hmm. um yep. brenda wee is just amazing a close friend uh, that i hold completely dear to my heart just mm. a beautiful beautiful human and a beautiful performer um i'm pretty sure there were a few burlesque dancers as well um there was rita lynn who mm-hmm. is also another um, yeah, baby drag really. queen yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, they're uh, amazing too. Um, and then of course Lilith. So there was, there was a few, oh, and, um, Demi-licious was there as well. Yep. Um, love Demi, um, just complete poise and just, it's just so amazing on stage. Like Mm. the energy is just amazing. So there was so many, you know, there was so many different learning, um, classes there you know Mm. there were professionals there were non-professional like professional dancers there were non-professional dancers and then there were you know it was just a whole bunch of people in a room that's i mean it was great it's kind of good when like people of different levels can come together and and like better themselves like that because i find and, you know, I, I've been through a few walks of life now. Like, I've worked in heavy industry, hospitality, and now comedy, and done a few other things besides. But, like, the one thing I've seen it is, is that, like, 
no matter what stage of your career you're at, there are new stuff you learn. And yeah. like I've seen like really older, experienced guys take stock and learn something new from younger guys. Yeah. So it's like, and that's in heavy industry, and that's like across the board in like other areas too. Yeah. You know, you never know where you might pick up something new or who you might pick it up from. So I find when you know the younger uh, performers can come together with the older performers and, and work things out. It's yeah. like, you never know what magic you might get from it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, traditionally it's always like the older passing down to the younger, but like the reverse happens too, you know? And it's like, I find not only that, I find if you can teach something, Mm-hmm. You actually learn it better yourself because yeah. you have to think about like, right, how do I teach this? How do I like, how do I put this in a way for someone to understand? And it makes you kind of think about your art yeah. a, form a little bit more. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. Mm. Definitely. No, one other thing I wanted to ask was it's like who in, in terms of international performer, we'll go out there soon, but in terms of local performer, it's like, do we have any favorites? And it's like, don't, you don't need to narrow it down to one, but like, who's someone you really enjoy seeing? Like, like they're either for their dance, their makeup or their costumes. It's like, what, what are some highlight performers for you on the Perth scene? Definitely every single week at Drag Factory, you know, it's either Faye, Donna or Cougar. Mm-hmm. And they're, all amazing to watch and you know donna looks amazing on stage Mm. and she looks amazing backstage and then cougar just brings so much charisma and so much talent Mm. to every single number that she does and then you know faye's dancing like icon like i remember back when i was like 15 Mm. and i was watching faye roche's dance at a um a golf course um, mini all ages drag event that I went and saw with my mum. And, you know, just ever since then, just every single time I've watched Faye dance on stage, I've just been mesmerized. Mm. So all of them are so mesmerizing and all so different mm. in the approaches of drag that they take. And But yeah, definitely those three are definitely people that I just like watch like when i hear that they're performing i have to like you just gotta get there well i've just got to sit down and just watch mm. because like each of them tells a story through their own unique interpretation mm. and in every single number that they do i went and saw cougar's um one woman show um, yeah i'd really and, love to see that and that that was amazing the way that you know it opened up the whole room and everyone who watched into how Cougar's mind works. Mm. And I, it was just insane. It was it, the amount of talent, the amount of hard work, you know, every single, every single time I watch these three Queens work and, you know, I, it, I, I go out a lot and I go out and watch drag shows cause I just love drag, and, you know, but like when I'm in a drag factory and I'm sitting backstage, you know, you're just watching these three performers and it's just watching all their hard work from all the years that they've done it Mm. and you can just see it on stage and it's just it's so inspirational and it's just so mesmerizing to watch Mm. i've 
I heard the phrase cunt come up quite amongst amongst drag stars. Now, what is it? it now, it stands for something. So it's charisma is the first one. Yeah, so it's a saying from Drag Race. It's charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Um, and, you know, from the famous RuPaul, mm-hmm. who um, started using it as a trademark on um, her show. And um, it, it, it's, it's funny, but, um, you know, I think... Why not just say that you have charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent? Why do you have to put it into that word? It's a good, it's a good point, but uh, a trademark ability, right? A trademark ability. But um, yeah, you know, um, I, when I, I don't know, in the local scene, I haven't really heard a lot of people use that specific term. But you know, I definitely hear, you know, you have so much charisma mm. backstage, or you know, you're so talented, or you know, you're uh, you're the way that you interpret this art form is just so unique. Mm. And, you know, it's just like those individual words you hear separately. It feels like in drag, um, you like, obviously there's like on and off stage charisma. Yeah. Um, there's obviously like, like outfit coordination and dressing up and then there's makeup and then there's dance and choreography and then yep. there's theatrics. Yep. And it feels like um, when a drag performer comes to the table, they come with like a... Uh, they come with a... One of like uh, a, a few of these things naturally gifted for. Yeah. They might be a naturally gifted dancer. They might be naturally gifted at makeup. They might be naturally gifted at charisma. Yeah. But it always feels like, and I've heard a few drag. I won't say names because none of them have mentioned it on the podcast. But a few of uh, drag artists I've spoken to have said it's like, oh, when I started out, I really struggled with this thing, or yeah. like when I started out, I really struggled with this thing, and it makes me think like. Okay, well, if they really struggled with, like, they all struggle with different things. And it's like, do you find that has there been any, if we can ask about it, has there been any uh, part of drag performing that you yourself have really struggled to master? That when Dance. You- dance. Yeah. Dance. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no question. Dance. Um, you know, uh, you do need all of those, you know, you do need charisma, you need to be unique, you do need to have nerve because it does definitely take nerve to go out on stage and you definitely do need the talent for the art form and um, those are things that I think that you learn over time. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I would say that I probably more have a charisma and a natural charisma and probably a uniqueness and probably a nerve. Um, but you know, I'm slowly learning how to dance and I'm slowly learning how to be in time with the music. And, um, yeah. So I think like with all, all things in life, you can't have the ultimate package unless you've been doing it for a long period of time and you have education and knowledge Mm. and experience. Experience is such a big thing, Mm. especially with this art form. Do you... Oh, I I mean, any art form requires experience and I definitely agree with you. It's like experience is key. You know, I I was speaking to a drag performer recently and uh, they were like... They 
were, I don't know, they, they seemed a little bit miffed by like the way an event had gone mm. and it was like, um, and like they actually corrected themselves on their like upsetness because I think they felt like, oh, this, this performer got way more attention and yada, yada, yada. And then like talking to them, it's like, well, I actually shouldn't be too upset about it. At the end of the day, that performer they were talking about, they were like, that person has had way more experience than me and been yeah. doing it way more longer. They know how to bear themselves. And it's like, that'll come for me too eventually. But yeah. like right now, it's like, it's not within my control. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, I, I kind of admired them for correcting themselves in that regard. Um, but yeah, it's like, Everything comes with experience, yeah. right? Yeah. I do also think, though, that older performers, um, to some extent, uh, always owe it to the next generation to like give them opportunities and, and give them chances to uh, thrive, which feels like it happens in the drag community a lot. Like, you know, everyone seems like, you know, you've got Drag Factory, you've got... Uh, you've got Dragathon. Dragathon. You've got, you've got Cherry Bomb. Yeah, you got Cherry Bomb. You got you got a few different things where you can come and perform. Yeah, and it feels like that's like a really great way of getting you know younger performers involved and giving yeah. them a chance to step up to the plate and go. Well, it's like, well, this is what I can do. Yeah, and uh, you know, so it, it feels like that's really good, and it, it leads to other opportunities. I I I definitely agree, but I also like disagree that the older generation owes it to the younger generation to give them opportunities and stuff like that. You do? I, I believe that opportunities, because to me, drag is a professional, like it it, it is a profession mm. to me. I want to in the future be a professional mm. drag artist, mm -hmm. and uh, I believe that you. You need to work hard for it. You need Absolutely. To show. Um, so you know, I don't. I don't. Think I don't. That the I don't say the older generation should just hand out opportunities yeah. willy nilly. Um, I certainly don't think that at all. Uh, but like, they do. Sh they should hand out opportunities, but to the most deserving and hardworking yeah. people. You know, it's like everyone wants to be up on stage. Who really deserves it the most? Yeah. You know what I mean. So I a hundred percent agree with you there. Yeah. Um. Coming up to like backstage mishaps, it's like, is there any story you could tell us where it's like you had a, a backstage backstage wardrobe malfunction which got you a bit panicked before you went on stage? No, I'm always just so put together. You're just so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, probably back in the um, like the beginning of when I first started out drag, probably the fact that I used lash glue as um like to hold my lace down and then like my sometimes my lace would come up mm. or um one time i was using hairspray and it got caught with the spirit gum oh and because it makes the spirit gum a little bit less um sticky sticky the the lace came undone so yeah usually it's mostly to do with my lace nice but um you know my um my mum gets me some amazing costumes. I, you know, ha have gotten some amazing costumes handed down and usually they're always in 
amazing condition. So thank God I've never had to deal with wardrobe malfunctions. But yeah, definitely gluing down that lace mm. was definitely a learning opportunity. And it came with lots of um, probably unwanted mishaps. Are you and your mum a similar size? In feet. Yeah, oh, in feet. <laughs> well, that's convenient if yeah, you want if, to wear a shirt. Well, if I want to wear her heels, yeah, yeah. it is always convenient. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, um, yeah, we're not we're not similar sizes. Well, you said hand down. Uh, so, like, when I say hand down, you know, um, there's, you know, other drag queens who oh, hand down right. costumes okay. yeah, 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 and, yeah. you know, share, you know, well, you know, I've passed that era right. of you know, needing this garment. Um, and, you know, it's basically like recycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. I, I'm all for recycling clothes. Yeah, yeah. If I can get like a second hand rather than going and getting something done, I, I would prefer it. Well, so maybe if- you can help me track down a fucking leopard print shirt for uh, a fucking party coming up. An, op- I cannot an op shop one. could definitely help you. I've been to several. Well, you need to look in the woman's section. The, everything I did, With everything's blouses. too small. Everything's too okay. fucking small. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm running into hurdles well, Do here. you know how to sew? No. Okay. Well, maybe you should learn how to sew. Do you know how to sew? No. Okay. No, I don't, I don't okay. know how to sew. Okay. But I am learning how to sew. Okay. Well, once you learn, let me know because I need my onesie sewn back up. Okay. Mm. Yep. Yeah. People keep yanking on the tail when I'm out. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's like, that's not okay. No. Yeah. No. Don't touch me. Mm. That's my big one thing. Mm. Don't touch me unless I've, I've said that you can. Mm. Or you've asked really nicely mm. and I go, yes. Yes, you may. Yes, yes, you may. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Now, moving on, I'm just going to pull up a note that I had for you. Oh, okay. Now, uh, before we go into this next bit, I wanted to ask, like, what are some of the, like, you mentioned recycling. What are some great outfits that you have gotten from, like, other performing artists? Uh, any particular shout out? Like, what, um, what's, the, what's the go? I got an amazing wig that I wear all a lot of the time. I, it's um, a blonde and pink wig. I wore it last night, and I got it from the amazing Kimmy Head. No, oh. and oh, ju- it, it's just the most amazing, amazing wig. I love it so much. Um, I got um, a beautiful gown from Serenity. Um, it's this beautiful red gown and I just love it. I can't wait to wear it. Um, and yeah, probably a lot of, um, weeks that I've gotten from, um, drag queens. Um, there was, um, a week that I got styled by Prism. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I didn't get styled. It came styled. Um, and you know, I got that and that's something great because it stays styled. Mm. So, therefore, I don't have to, you know, use money mm. um, and, you know, buy things like, you know, hair elastics that mm. break easily and terrible in landfill. Mm. So, um, or like bobby pins that you lose all the time mm. and then you damage your vacuum cleaner or whatever. So, you know, that is something that's pre-styled mm. and something that's just great and holds its own mm. of great quality i think is great but yeah definitely that wig from kimmy i love it to bits 
and definitely that new gown that I have that I got from Serenity. Mm. I just love it. It's mm. just so great. And you haven't worn it on stage yet. When no, will you wear no, it? No, I stage? haven't worn it on stage. Uh, when will you wear wigs? Um, <laughs> I will probably um, wear it next week, I think. I think I'm definitely going to wear it again at Drag Factory. Well, next week would be good because next week I have off for my own show and oh. I should make it to Drag Factory in time to see a show. Oh. Well, hmm. I, I think that everyone should go and see a Drag Factory. I think it's just amazing. I've been to see one. I've been to see one. Normally the... Sorry... No, I've never. I don't get too many dragathons. It's Drag Factory that. I'm, yeah. So you'll be on the Thursday show next week. No, I'll be on Drag Factory. So Drag Factory is on Wednesday at the Court. Oh. And then Dragathon is at um, Connections Nightclub on Thursdays. Why did I think they were the other way around? I'm so dyslexic, and ADHD. I am. I really need to get medicated. Um, but. Uh, now, going into the other thing. So, like, in terms of your drag name, yep. it's, like, it's pretty unique. It's uh, it's not really a play on a joke name or, no. like, a rhyme. It's, like, it, it is definitely one of the more unique ones. Um, how did you come up with it? Well, they, um, I, def- I use, as a non-binary individual, I use they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. So, when... Um, you know, using them and telling people to use that pronoun for me. I always got told that, you know, it's not a pronoun. It can't be a pronoun. It, it doesn't make sense. And mm. I, so I was sitting down one day and I was like, why not make it a name? Mm. Therefore, like every single time I'm out in drag, not only will people start using they mm. um, to reference me, um, which also gives me a little bit of gender euphoria, but also, um, you know, starts putting it in their mouth mm. and realising that they can use they or them mm. as a pronoun when referencing to someone. I was, I kind of like the way it trips people up because it's already happened to someone. Like I was with a mate yesterday and he's like, oh, I've got an interview tomorrow. And he's like, oh, who are you interviewing? Oh, I'm interviewing another drag performer. And he's like, oh, that's cool. What are their names? And I'm like, they. And like I carried on with something else and he's like, no, but what are their names? They. And he was like, what? He's like, that they, they is the name. And he was like, and he was like, man, that's a trip. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but like. It is like, I mean, I'm glad you can take ownership of it, yep. you know, but um, yeah, it's such a trip seeing people like. It, it is. Yeah. It is sometimes funny when people go, I'm not asking about your pronouns. I'm asking what your, what your name is. And mm. I go, it's they. Mm. <laughs> My name is they. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. My name is they and I go by they, them, theirs pronouns. They, them, theirs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Um, now, in terms, last but not least. So, well, this isn't necessarily the last but not least, but uh, does drag help you express any particular emotion that you would like to? Because speaking, and I've actually spoken to this about with multiple different creative and performative artists. I talked, uh, I spoke about this with a tattoo artist recently and he was, it's like, oh, you know, when, when he's drawing a piece of art for himself, it's like, it's incredibly therapeutic and like he can and express an emotion like in a positive way in comedy i find that um 
it's really like it's comedy like when you're making questionable jokes and nearly all jokes at, at stand-up comedy are questionable um but uh it's it's a way of i find like expressing a freedom that we don't often get to exercise in like our day-to-day lives or like we don't get to exercise as much as we want yeah um we get to exercise like a different part of ourselves that you know maybe we don't get to let out like often um so in terms of drag performing what is it's like the emotion that you like to exercise out of your system when performing uh positivity Positivity. And happiness, you know, every single time I'm in drag and every single time I'm on stage performing a number, all I feel is just, you know, happy. That's mm. all I feel. And I just want that to be exerted into the audience. I want the audience to feel the joy that I have for the art form mm. and I want them to enjoy it as well. So, um, yeah, just probably just feeling happy mm. and positive energy is what, that, that's the emotion that I feel. And that's the emotion that I want to put out there with my art. Mm. That's very interesting. So happiness. Yeah, happiness. Which is incredible because it's like, I've not had the pleasure of seeing you perform yet. I will this Wednesday. But I've seen many photos of you performing and videos of you performing. And the videos tell a different story. But the photos, it's like, you seem like such a dark material drag queen, you know? It's like, it, it, it feels like you're some kind of, like, vampire drag queen or something like that. So look, it's definitely sometimes, um, you know... The, less campy. Some, <laughs> sometimes the um, the material can be less joyful mm. or sometimes there's a dark story behind the number. But um, th- the main thing that I try to exude... Is, is that I'm having fun yeah. and I want the audience to have fun with mm. me. Mm. That's the main thing that I'm trying to achieve when I'm on stage. You know, it's fun. Well, that's a pretty good fun. goal. Mm. Mm. That's a that's a good goal to have. Yeah. You know, like going in and like having as much fun with it as as possible. Yeah. Like in, in and and also having the attitude of inviting the audience in to share yeah. with the fun. Yeah. You know, I find that's that's a pretty good outlook to have on your performing. In turn, now, what do you think is the end game of your performing? And, like, what do you think is, like, the biggest stage you would like to see yourself on? Like, imagination is the limit here. Don't be shy because it's, like, I find that it don't, like, yeah, don't be shy at all. Like, it's, like, don't think you're getting a big head because it's, like, you know, obviously some dreams don't come true, but, like, never have an end like never have like a end goal that's easy mm. you know it's like mm. shoot for the moon and miss yeah you know so like i, I definitely think? think that because i am so fresh and new i think that my goal is to just have my own production show mm. that that that's all i want mm. showcasing like my art and other people's art. Mm. I just want my own production show. Mm. And I think that would just be, uh, that is my goal at the moment. And you know, if we're talking about, you know, imagination's the limit, I would also probably love to have a Vegas show. Mm. A Vegas show would be great mm. of just um, switching genders and mm. the the journey, just mm. a journey of expressing gender and stuff like that, I think would mm. be really cool on the Vegas strip. 
So yeah, that that's probably my huge goal. But yeah, like at the moment, all I would like to do, and probably it's not probably going to happen anytime soon, but have my own production show. Mm. Well, like keep aiming for that goal because I achieved a lot of things in the first year of my comedy that mm. I thought were outrageous. Like put together my first open mic, started a podcast, yeah. did like a lot of things that I thought, I shouldn't be doing this, but I did it anyway, you know? And it's yeah. like, uh, so I, I commend you and like certainly never like, never let your imagination, like never let your fucking, you know, have those images in your yeah. head because yeah. it's like crazier things have happened. And also I really like the idea of a uh, little indigenous boy uh, or they, them uh, in uh a Vegas show yeah. and everyone comes up to you after the show and they're like, what's your accent? <laughs> Cause I feel like you, you obviously don't speak. It is very much an Australian way to speak, yep. but it is not a typical Australian way to speak. And I find if you went up to anyone else from a different country, they would probably be thrown by it a little bit. You know, so and then you'd be like, "Well, I'm actually Australian." <laughs> It'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, here yeah, I'm from Australia." Um, yeah, um, yeah. I th- I think like you know, as you said, I don't really sound like a, a typical Australian, but I think that's probably because you know I was I was raised in New South Wales for f- the first five years of my life, yeah. so um, I had definitely have been told that I have a bit of a New South Wales. Um, twang, um, and how you pronounce words and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I have a little bit of bogan. Mm. I've been told that I have a little bit of bogan. Bogan Rogan. Yeah. So it's probably um like. Oh, now I have to do some math. Um, probably like twenty percent New South Wales, and then twenty percent bogan, and then sixty percent Catherine Kim. Catherine Kim. Yeah, Catherine Kim. <laughs> Yeah, so, so that that is yeah. That's, I see it. That's pretty much yeah. all of my. That's that's how I talk. Well, my mum was a math teacher, and my auntie was an English teacher. Between the two of them, they would like slap me if I didn't use like I use improper English all yeah. the time as an adult just to annoy them. Okay, but like in terms of enunciation, they would like slap me if if I didn't enunciate words yeah. growing up. Yeah, and. Uh, that's actually led me to the point now where some people don't even think I sound like an Aussie. And it's I, like I hate people who mumble. Yeah. I can't deal with mumbling. Yeah. It's like my biggest pet peeve. Don't mumble. Well, I, I worked with a guy back when I was in FIFO, and he was honestly one of the best Sparkies I knew. Great, yeah. great Sparky. Great, great guy. Yeah. But I had to get him to repeat himself two or three times every fucking time. And yeah. it was, like, so painful. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, how has no one ever commented on this? It's like, this is a serious fucking problem for everyone you're yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just just enunciate. Yes. It's like, yeah. open your mouth. Yeah. It's like, you have one for a reason. Yeah. And it's like, and turn the volume up. Yes. It's like, I basically got to throw a microphone down your throat just to fucking pick up a well, note. you know, that's always the good thing about being in like a um, queer venue and stuff like that. You know, we, for so many years, for some of us, we may not have had a voice mm-hmm. during high school, especially in high school, I didn't. I, I tried to have a um, a bigger voice, and I'm very privileged that I got more of a voice than 
other people who may have gone to um, religious private schools. And, um, you know, so it's just, you know, when you're in a queer venue and you're just surrounded by all these people who don't mumble, Mm. who have loud voices, it's very great. Well, what's the... I'm curious to know because it's like I remember going to high school and it was it was certainly at the time it seemed to me to be coming to more of an accepting place and I never really paid attention to it because I was too busy being a problem yeah um but uh, it, it certainly seemed to me to be becoming a more accepting place this was in WA though yeah so I don't know what the difference is between New South Wales and WA. I don't um, really remember school in New really? South Wales. Um, we blocked that memory out. <laughs> yeah, we blocked it out. <laughs> um, but definitely, from my experience, um, I was you know I was lucky enough to be in a very accepting um, area. Mm. But you know, with that, there always comes with the being the outrageous, mm. you know, um, queer kid, and I was basically the only out queer person in the whole of like the upper school and um you know you get bullied and you know you get i i got sexually harassed trigger warning um but you know it's um it it just sometimes comes Mm. it just came with the bullying um so but you know i i um used my voice and i was like this is not okay Mm. And you people need to fix this because your students are making other people's lives uncomfortable and Mm. you need to do something about it. And Mm. they did. Mm. It feels to me sometimes that, and again, you're the drag performer, you would know better than I, but as the observer, it feels to me like it's generally uh, cis females that get way too comfortable with drag queens. Look, we love a good bride. We love, we a, good- love a good bridesmaid. Mm. We love the maid of honour. Um, yes, sometimes mm. they can get a little bit too comfortable. Um, yeah, usually it is them, you know, you know, being absolutely fascinated and, you know, can I touch you and can I have a photo and can, you know, whatever. But I think, you know, while there's positivity there, mm. I also think that, um, you know, consent is always the most important thing so absolutely always but um you know i as you know i never take it personally i never get offended or upset i'm always like next time you need to ask mm. before you touch my gown mm. next time mm. if you want to take a photo turn the flash on mm. Um, because that's very important. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, you know, um, they're just being, they're just being allies. They're just being girly. They're just being allies. Mm. And I think, you know, they're just showing like that. They're not educated on Mm. how to, you know, touch a drag queen or how to go up to a drag queen, you know. There's not enough. Well, it's drag not like there's a. It's, in... not, it's not like there's a bloody you know course. On no, no. Drag, drag <laughs> um, but you know, I like to just turn around to them and say, I appreciate the support, and I thank you. But next time when you go up to a drag queen or a drag artist, you need to ask for consent. Well, that, I'm very. I admire the way with which you do that. 
I should probably do that more on the street because people come up to me and touch me all the time and it just makes me feel very uncomfortable. Well, yeah, it is It it. is very uncomfortable. Especially when I'm in the onesie. Yeah. Uh, It's like, just happens. Anyone who's going to be, you know, coming out and street talk, pay attention to that. Fucking consent, all right? Ask for consent. I'm sick and tired of you fucking touching me, all right? It's like, I'm a fucking Christ. I'm, I'm not a fucking you know, pinata to fucking, no. oh, Christ. No. I get yanked and groped. Like, when I'm yeah. in the onesie, I get yanked and groped and, be, like, people want to feel and it's like, what's yeah. it like in there? And then people, yeah. and I'm like, be like, fuck off, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. very much like, leave me alone. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'm not someone who likes to be touched at the best of times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, especially when I'm doing the street talk and I got the microphone and it's like, sorry, I'm meant to be interacting with people yeah. and doing something. You just yeah. want to interrupt me and yeah. come up when I'm in the middle of a fucking interview. Yeah, I'm going, holding something very expensive here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Please, kindly yeah. remove yourself. Well, I think, I think it's always like, you know, with, especially with like the costumes and stuff like that. Some of our costumes and wigs um, can be so expensive and drag is just such an expensive art form. So sometimes, you know, we don't know where your hands have been. Mm. We don't know where you've been. Mm. So next time, you know, don't just randomly touch us Mm. because, you know, what if, you know, you you have oily fingers Mm. and your oily fingers ruin the hairspray and the wig Mm. and then our wig comes undone. Yeah. Like it's it's just, you know, it's so important. To ask for consent, of course, because we are not like show dogs. No, no, we we are we aren't there for your beck and call. Mm. So it's just very much like you know, consent is just so important. Absolutely, yeah. Well, this brings us to the end of the show. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug uh, on your upcoming show? The show will be coming out on Tuesday if I get it sent off today, which I will. Um, um, I definitely, um, would love to plug the, um, show that's happening on the 27th of January down at Lucy's Love Shack. It's been put together by, um, Miss Foria and, um, Cherry Bomb mm-hmm. and they've both come together and they have created an amazing show showcasing Indigenous and BIPOC artists. BIPOC? Um, Black Indigenous People of Color. Oh right, okay. yeah. So um, that it, it's an acronym, um, and it ju- it's just showcasing all the ama- amazing talent that we have in Perth. Mm. And there's a, there's an amazing lineup, and I think everyone should come down. Mm. And I think everyone should pay a ticket. There's so many fucking acronyms these days. I'm never gonna remember them all. I try, but I'm I'm never gonna succeed. Nah. You mean, no, I'm at uni, so I have a lot in my head right now. Yeah. But, nice. you know, I, I'm able to remember the important ones. Nice. Well, guys, uh, I think what we... What should we call this episode? They, 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 they is... They is gay. They is gay. Mm. They they is gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, let's do they is gay. They yeah, is gay. They yeah. is gay. The guys, this has been... Uh, uh, they is gay with my very special guest, They. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Shut up. Thank you, guys.